Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works show. This is I Need No Name, and I am joined today by Fergus after a long hiatus. Hello, Fergus. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, but I wish I could say the same of Bayern. They are doing terribly right now. Exactly, and that's what we are going to have to talk about. And mainly, it is our favorite game, which is the Blaine game. Who is at fault for this horrible, horrible season at Bayern Munich? Now, usually we'd start with the manager, but I think today we should start with the board and Oliver Kahn, Hassan Salihamidzic, and Herbert Heiner. So I'm just going to start with the main question, which is, Fergus, do you think that the board needs to go? Yes, I do. And I think in the order of people who I think should go, Brazo is right at the top, then Kahn, and then I think Heiner Although we don't like him, I think he's the least evil of the three, personally. It's interesting to me because if you'd said this right after our last summer transfer window, I don't think anyone would have agreed with you on that. Because remember, after the summer, people were praising Brazo for the incredible window Bayern had just had. And to be fair, he did get some great signings. He got guys like Dilek, Matsraoui. Sadio Mane is proving to be a bust so far, but... He did bring in some good players and Matitel could be another one if we were to give him time. So Brazo, for me, honestly, feels like the least of all the three evils in charge of Bayern Munich right now. Right now, I feel that, and this is something that the German media has recently latched onto, I feel that Oliver Kahn needs to be the guy to go because in terms of sacking Nagelsmann, it felt like Kahn was the guy who was the driving factor behind that. And... I think a lot of us in the fan base see that one decision as the one that kind of disbalanced the season and caused it to go completely off the rails. It's not that the season was amazing up to that point, but since then, things have gotten really bad. So why do you say that Brazo should be the one to go first? The reason I say that is it is true that the sacking, of course, has destabilized us heavily, but I think this board has systemic failures over the course of multiple years and Brazo is responsible for many of these. I think that's a big reason why I don't like him and I don't like the current board and what has been also reported in the media is that Bayern has lost that family feeling. Employees at the, the training ground have said this, but it also seems true in terms of how they entreat their most prized employees, the players, the manager, Hansi Flick left unceremoniously. Same with club legend, David Alibus. Same with one of the best players in the club's history, Robert Lewandowski, in the summer. And there's a long list of players or staff who have been, Miroslav Klose also remarked on this, Herman de Gaulle, um, I forgot what his last name is, but the Tiger. But all of these guys have been, have kept on saying that Bayern has lost some of its family feel, the, the, that there is not so much Mia Samia mentality, especially at the boardroom level. And I think that Brazo has seemed to be at the heart of these conflicts with Flick, with Lewandowski and so on. With Nagelsmann, yes, I think Khan was the driving factor, but I'm sure that Brazo also was um, supporting the decision because Brazo especially was looking annoyed and annoyed after Nagelsmann performances. So that's why I think Brazo has been at the heart of some of the biggest problems, the biggest structural issues that have faced Bayern in the past three years. And if we look back at Brasso's entire time at the club, there hasn't been much success. We were 
we were um we were bailed out by the messiah who of course was hansi flick but that was just a stroke of luck that hansi flick took over right at the dortmund game such a big game and had such an emphatic win so it kept continuing and continued to gain momentum but i thought i of course we all thought at the time the way hansi flick left is very worrying but yes we can say oh yes maybe he wanted to stay with germany maybe he always wanted to leave maybe he's not a player he stayed um type of manager who stays for long but we've seen as i said repeated instances of similar events happening with similar key employees of the club so i think that brazo something about him just annoys people greatly and um i think that he really is a problem for the club that's interesting because like you think about the managerial overturn ever since brazo took over let's just remember that he has been at this job longer than the rest of the board has he was sporting director he took over from matthias summer right and in the middle there was a one-year gap where bayern munich had no sporting director and that was when ancelotti was allowed to run riot at the club you know with all of those scandals like no proper training and ancelotti's fitness coach smoking on the training pitch uh, those kinds of things so brazo came in and it was his job to put a stop to that and he started off on rough ground right his first few months saw the firing of a buying coach and ever since then it feels that brazo has presided over a period of time where buying munich has not gone more than 18 months with any single coach no matter who they might be or no matter what the plan might be when we had you pankis at least i understood that Yes, it was going to be temporary no matter how much early begged and pleaded for you to stay for another year. Then when we got Niko Kovac, it was thought that he would at least try and take the club in a different direction and at the beginning they were saying the same kind of thing is that they were saying with Nagelsmann not necessarily at the same level but it was the same tone that he would be given time to change this that yada yada yada. But as soon as the performances dropped and they dropped in the second year, he was sacked again. and again this took place under brazo and it also took place right after a somewhat disappointing transfer window where we failed to get leroy sane our top target for that summer and then had to settle for filipe coutinho and ivan perisic so you can say that the problems with the board have gone back pretty far it's not just as far back as flick but the problems with brazo himself personally and managers goes back all the way to 2017 but on the other hand You do mention the point about the family vibe at Bayern Munich and I think the main person killing that is Herbert Heiner and also maybe Oliver Kahn. One thing I should point out and this is for anyone who has not yet seen the Amazon documentary of Bayern Munich, right? You should go see that because there there's a part that I cannot believe they left in where Oliver Kahn is like talking about his vision for the club and what he wants to do and how he wants to move forward and this is what Chuck said in our Slack channel. I don't know if he said it on any podcast so far, but it's kind of always stood out to me because he said that this is exactly the kind of corporate type. I can't I, I there's a word I want to say, but I can't say it because I need to mark this podcast clean. But it's the exact same kind of corporate sterile language used by Khan that just showed that he never really had any kind of direction where he wanted Bayern Munich to go. and taking over from a guy like Karl-Heinz Rummenigge who is one of the best executives in club football he had a lot to do and i feel that his vibe is what started us on this road of you know losing our 
family feeling at the club because Brazo's been around for a long time. He was kept in check by Uli and Rumeniga, and now Khan is here. That has just exacerbated things. Yes, I think that I was actually going to mention the Bayern documentary, and I was going to mention the fact that they even um, chose to do the documentary in the first place because I enjoyed the documentary. It was very nice to see behind the scenes at training in the match environment. But as you said, at the boardroom level, the club looked completely soulless. Khan was just um, blathering on with some corporate PR speech about his visions for Bayern. But it seems so, so fake down to the way Khan was sitting at the camera to the lighting. It all seemed to lack real atmosphere, real soul. And it almost seems like Khan actually lacks the Bayern mentality. It seems like Khan is just now some corporate shrill for Bayern instead of lacking actually a Uli Hernes type passion for the club. Yeah, it's kind of crazy if you think about it because this guy, he was Bayern Munich captain. And if you think about how he was as a player, this is not, you wouldn't imagine him randomly turning into what is essentially the archetypical American CEO. It's like, it's almost, he's almost unrecognizable from the guy he used to be as a player. And yet, you know, it's always, this This risk was always there, right? We always talked about how if we were ever going to run into a crisis in the, ne- in the coming few years, basically, it was going to be because we did not handle the transition away from Uli Hernes and Karl Heinz being in charge of the club. Now, I recall that Uli is still influencing things from behind the scenes, but his influence has been greatly diminished, mainly because Kahn and Heiner don't seem to be taking his advice as much as Maybe they should be, or maybe they could be. And in comparison, I would say that Brazo is really one of the lesser of the evils because he was the only executive to really express regret, any type of regret at sacking Nagelsmann. And he did mention that it's one of the hardest decisions he had to take. And I would say that from at least his interviews, it seemed that Brazo, he was more on the fence about what should I say, about the sacking itself than the other executives were. In contrast, I would, well, I would say that Khan is probably the biggest driving factor, but I would say that Heiner, I believe, is probably the one who was most on the fence, in my opinion, because, of course, he had that famous interview about, what was it, four or ten days before Nagelsmann's sacking, where, oh, yeah, we love the coach and we'll give him time. And now, of course, he does have to backtrack and say, oh, yes, I support the decision, but... Behind the scenes, it's my opinion that Heiner was was against it and then Khan and Brazo forced it through. Well, the thing is that, like, what does Heiner even do? That's my question, right? Because he's the former CEO of Adidas. So naturally, he has connections in the industry. He has, you know, experience being the CEO of a very large company. That's all well and good. But what does Heiner actually do at the sporting level for Bayern Munich? I just don't understand that. To me, that interview that he mentioned doesn't tell me that Heiner was in favor of Nagelsmann really staying. Instead, it just tells me that he was completely out of the loop on these decisions. And it was more that Khan and Brazo sat down and them being the football men at the club. Because remember, Heiner has no actual footballing background. He ran a sports apparel company, which is not the same as having a football background. He just went along with whatever decision they said. And there's never been an interview from Herbert Heiner that seemed like it was written or spoken by an actual human being. It always feels like something that came out of a robot or an AI. 
he is completely corporate. He's completely soulless. He is the very definition of a suit. But he's also kind of inoffensive in the sense that it doesn't seem like he's really making the type of decisions that make or break a football club. It seems to me that he's more of a behind-the-scenes kind of guy who's really more focused on what are the duties of a president, really? Just commercial revenue and making sure the team stays financially viable. And in that case, I don't know. I, I, I can't really evaluate Heiner in any way, shape, or form because he's basically a black box, right? Yes, and this is why I say I think he's the lesser of the evils because, yes, he is he is a corporate suit, but at the same time, I didn't think he's been actively harmful. And I, I would like to say that it does... Does it seem to you that... Um, the current Bayern hierarchy of Brazo and Oliver Kahn are in positions more like Uli Hernes and Karl-Heinz Rummenigge in terms of the power structure. Like, as you were saying, do you think that Kahn and Brazo really are the two guys totally in charge of the football operation now, just like um, Rummenigge and Uli Hernes were in the past? It does kind of feel that way, but, but this is one big thing. I feel that they have a little less overall control because... When it comes to things like signings, for example, you got the feeling that if Uli or Rummenigge, they wanted to spend 80 million on a player, they could go out and do it. Yes, they would need um, approval from the supervisory board, which obviously that is how Bayern Munich works. But Uli and Rummenigge, essentially their word was law. And if they agreed on something, that would happen at Bayern Munich, no matter who or what said something. Whereas these two, I get the feeling that they don't have as much of that same authority at Bayern Munich. And because of that, their decisions always seem a little bit more half-baked. They don't always seem to have the same sense of direction. And because of that, again, all of this comes back down to what we see on the pitch. We don't see the same direction from Bayern Munich as a whole. It was thought that we would have Nagelsmann and let him build something at Bayern. And her all the interviews and their actual actions by backing Nagelsmann through some really bad runs of results, runs that would have gotten previous coaches sacked, it was assumed that they were 100% behind him and they were ready to divorce themselves from the policy of the previous board by actually choosing to back a manager and deciding that they would go all in on this one person's vision for the club. Now that's completely broken because they, on a whim, essentially within one week, in fact, days of discussion, because if you think about it, between the Leverkusen game and Tuchel getting hired, how many days was it? Just four or five days? So within the space of a few days, they literally made a decision that could call Spine Munich in the millions or even hundreds of millions. And this just goes back to the very first question I asked, should the board be sacked or resign or whatever? Should they be removed? And if you have a board that acts like that, that changes course in such a way, and no one says no to that, they should bear the responsibility and they need to go because it's kind of unacceptable, right? Maybe if the gamble had paid off, we could sit back and say, okay, okay, they made the right choice. Maybe if Tuchel had gotten past Manchester City and Freiburg, we could have said, okay. But the simple fact of the matter is they didn't and their gamble is going to cost us. So why shouldn't it cost them? I agree with that. And to raise another interesting question, actually, we know that Heiner does not have a, a football background, but former president Uli Hernes, of course, was heavily involved on the football side. So should all of the Bayern leadership in these top three positions, let's say, of president, CEO and sporting director, should they all 
have come from the Bayern uh, football background before we were players, essentially. Well, I don't necessarily think so, because if you remember back when, what was it? When Uli Hoeneß was in prison, you had you had Karl-Heinz Rummenigge running things, but there was also a president there. And I don't exactly remember who it was. Um, the name is slipping my mind, but that was also not a person from a footballing background. I don't necessarily think that a footballing background is 100% necessary at all the levels of the club, because if your sporting director and your chief scout and those people are good at their jobs, they should be able to advise the president and the CEO about the necessity and the, what should I say, the sense of direction of the club in terms of both transfers and coaches and what we want to see on the pitch as a whole. So maybe you can say that it's not really the issue that we don't have enough footballing people. It's just that we have the wrong footballing people, really. Mm. What are your thoughts on the recent rumors about Uli Hannes getting his son to take over or his nephew that's, or something like that's that? Just, that's just really, uh, it's kind of it's kind of disgusting to me, right? Because yeah, yeah, Bayern Munich should not be a vehicle for Uli Hannes's nepotism. Like, it would be one thing if he said that Sebastian Hernes was being considered for the coaching role at the club because at least Sebastian Hernes has coached at the Bundesliga level and he has coached at Bayern Munich before, so he has connection. But putting Eli Hernes's son in charge of the club, what are his credentials, right? What? Why would we allow him there? Eli Hernes, this is not his club, right? It existed before him. I am going to be forever grateful to the absolute behemoth that he built thanks to his vision but that doesn't mean he should essentially claim ownership over what is well technically a fan-owned entity although it does not feel that way and has not felt that way for a very long time yes because i think the the homeless question is actually very interesting for Bayern Munich because we already talked about this but about the new boards not having maybe as much power as before and there's always rumors circulating that Hernes is still in the Emperor Palpatine type of role, pulling the strings behind the scenes and has has a lot of power with his position in the supervisory board. And even with these recent rumors of him potentially installing his son as CEO, it's, it's this type of thing. Does Hernes have too much power at Bayern Munich? Should we really just cut him, cut him off from the Bayern Munich tree? Of course, he was the one who banked Brazo um, to come to the club and has been backing him heavily. He was the one who was a big proponent of um, Niko Kovac and probably Niko Kovac wouldn't have been sacked without Karl-Heinz Rummenigge. And he was the one who has proceeded over some scandals. Of course, he went to prison, but even in his last, say, 10 years in charge of um, around the club, I think that Rummenigge really was the stabilizing force. But it just it feels like to me that even now, even though Hernes has officially retired behind the scenes. He is still one of the, he, he still has much more power maybe than even the current board. And if he wanted to come back, I'm sure he could. But I, I feel like this could be a problem for Bayern. I feel like this is a problem for Bayern. Well, I have I have two minds over this because first of all, I think that Uli is far more equipped to run the club than anyone on the current board, including Brazo. But on the other hand, I do think that his influence, when it's not mediated by someone like Karl-Heinz Rummenigge, a guy who can actually say no to him, it's 
like the unchecked influence of Uli Hernes is a little bit too much for Bayern Munich to handle. However, I would not put this current crisis on him because he's not really in charge on the day-to-day running of Bayern Munich anymore or even big picture signings like, you know, what we saw in the last transfer window, Sadio Mane, Matthias Tillich, etc. He would be in charge of improving them and he would be obviously consulted because he's a pretty big deal. But there was an interview by Uli Hernes, not weeks before Nagelsmann was sacked, where he gave the coach his complete backing. And this goes back to me talking about how Brazo seemed like he was really stricken by the fact that they had to sack Nagelsmann. I feel that if Uli were in charge, Nagelsmann would not have been sacked. And regardless of what my feelings are on Nagelsmann himself, I think that's I think the board themselves, or at least Khan himself, maybe working to convince the others in charge, they tried to go against the power of Uli, but they weren't that guy. They weren't Karl-Heinz type guy. And therefore, they went against him in a way that completely sank us. Because in the end, Uli is both a force for good and a force for evil. And a little bit of Uli is good. But don't oppose him in the correct things. He's often, he is, he knows a lot about football and you should not actually oppose him in certain cases because he's quite often right about a lot of things, you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely true. And it is true that Brazil is Uli's guy, it seems. So yeah. I think that, and for that reason, even though I said I do want Brazil out for, for whatever reasons I mentioned, I do think that Brazo is the is the most likely to still be in the job come the end of the season, come the start of the new season, because I just don't with Uli's power in the Bayern board. And yes, you can find redeemable qualities about Brazo that maybe are hard to see about someone like Oliver Khan. So I think he will still be here next season. But for me, that is unfortunate news. Mm, so I guess we're in agreement that out of all the board members right now, or at least the visible front office right now that Oliver Kahn is probably at the top of the list in terms of potentially being sacked. I, I have a feeling that Herbert Heiner, there are no rumors about Herbert Heiner are there. I think that Herbert Heiner is probably safe, but I think Kahn, in fact, I think like I personally, from everything I've seen, I think that Kahn will not be here next season. That's my opinion. Mm, yeah, me too. And that might also signal his role in you know behind the scenes because it was always suspected that he was trying to take Bayern in a different direction and possibly that move to sack Nagelsmann was his attempt to really stamp his authority on the club and the gamble didn't work out and now he's essentially lost a power play that we weren't really privy to but the the hallmarks of it are all there and it's kind of unfortunate that Bayern had to suffer on the pitch as the boardroom shenanigans continue. Yeah, very, very unfortunate. So we've talked pretty extensively about the board, their failings, and whatever might be going on behind the scenes. But what about the guy that pretty much everyone will associate with the product on the pitch right now, which is Thomas Tuchel? What do we think about him? Because right now, his record at Bayern Munich, he has the worst start of any coach I have ever seen. I have literally never seen a coach have a run this bad. And we are in genuine danger of losing the Bundesliga for the first time in 10 years. And we are out of both cup competitions. And our performance against Manchester City was honestly quite diabolical. So I I have been doing the post-game podcast. So a lot of our listeners will actually know my opinions on Thomas too. So 
Fergus, you tell me what do you think about this guy and what you've seen so far from him. Are you confident that Tuchel will be the guy for buying next season, not just in terms of this season and winning the one next season? Yeah, so at first I was backing Tuchel even after the cup exit, for example. But now it seems like he's just stunk up the club so heavily with the, there's the statistic, the famous one of three losses in his first seven games and Nagelsmann had three losses in 37 games. But it's not just that, even after the Man City game, he was saying, oh, I fell in love with the team. Oh, we dominated them for 70 minutes. Like it's complete rubbish what he was talking about because objectively yes maybe first leg we played decently for 70 minutes city were still the better team city still had the better chances and even in this second leg we played okay but there were still key tactical failings his team at bayern just like his teams at um at psg and chelsea and even dortmund they're lacking some some clear attacking identity he doesn't really seem to know where to to, to put the attackers and now even in the last game um for for Bayern we saw him our loss we saw him just go back into that back three type system that he was using at Chelsea with two wing backs it's so uninspired for Bayern and I'm I'm I, I have I've lost faith in him already after seven games which is totally crazy but it's how bad the performances have been, how uninspired they have been, especially, I know both you and me, I think, had problems with Nagelsmann, and ultimately, I don't think he was the right guy. But even then, his teams had some attacking identity. We had patterns, imagine, in our offensive play, but the team just looked completely lifeless under Tuchel, and that's partly his fault, partly the fault of all the noise going around the club. But in short, to answer the question about whether he'll be good for next year, I'm really on the fence now I because I don't think that he's been... Uh, the Bayern squad objectively right now is still a very good squad. It's still a very good team, no striker or not. But making decisions to continue playing someone like Leon Goretzka or to not start Thomas Muller in two key Champions League games, especially when he came off that great performance versus Dortmund, or to not be playing Masrawi um, in that Champions League game or ever when we saw how good he was um, yesterday. It's just, he's had so many, I think I read Philip Quinn in the Slack chat or someone of that ilk in our um, writer's chat say that they've never seen a coach have so many big blunders in such a short time period. And it really feels like that. So I'm, I've not been impressed. I was backing him initially, even when he benched my boy, Thomas Muller, I was backing him after the first game. But since then, it's just been poor performance after poor performance. I'm really, in fact, I'm actually worried about next season. And I actually think that we, we may lose the league this season. And it's not like Dortmund, this team this year have been crazy good. I looked earlier today at the points totals and they're not on track for a points total that would win the league in pretty much any other season. But it's just a sign of how bad Bayern have been this season. And I think Tuchel has been very poor. Yeah, exactly. To be fair to Tuchel, in terms of the league, at least, most of the damage was done under Nagelsmann, all those draws and you know, all those drop points. And he did coach the majority of the league season. But still, Tuchel bears blame for some of his really baffling decisions. And decisions he makes, it really does tell me that he has no idea what kind of squad he has at his disposal. 
Right. His best game came against Borussia Dortmund, where he put out the most basic lineup a Bayern Munich coach could ever feel, which is just a basic 4-2-3-1. And again, that's the one that got us results, right? Since then, he has started tinkering. Like literally the next game against Freiburg, he took, he take out Alfonso Davies and then put in Joao Cancelo for some reason. And then you move Sané and Coman to opposite flanks. That alone was enough to just tip the scales in Freiburg's favor. Then you had the next Freiburg game where we had, didn't have Chupo. This is again, a little bit difficult for me to evaluate because without a striker, how much can you really evaluate how Thomas Tuchel is really doing, right? But even then, like the performances that we have shown and you basically hit the nail on the head here, we lack any kind of real attacking identity and the coach himself seems to lack ideas in terms of how to fix that. How can you go into the Manchester City game without Thomas Muller? Like, how does that make any sense? And then to do it again, like, even Nagelsmann didn't make that kind of mistake twice. In Against PSG, the first, like, he tried a Muller-less formation. And even though he got the win, he saw that the performance on the pitch wasn't good enough. And then he went to the next leg and he put in Thomas Muller. And we saw a man of the match performance from Muller and our best performance of the season, and which is probably going to stay as our best performance of the season, given how the team has been performing ever since. But in comparison, Tuchel, when he says that we played a really good game against Manchester City, I don't feel like that's just PR or he's saying that to suit the players' egos or keep them, you know, I don't know, keep them mentally focused or whatever. I feel that he really thinks that's a good performance from us, which is really worrying because it calls his judgment as a coach into question. And honestly, like just just based on what I've seen, I don't I don't think he should get next season. You know, I, I really don't. And yeah, just on that point, you just said about him calling it a good performance. I also agree. He does think it's a good performance and it does call his judgment into question. But a worrying thing also is that he kept saying Man City is one of the best teams in the world or the best squads in the world. So by that, by saying that this was a very good performance, I love, I <laughs> fell in love with my players. This type of thing's indicating he doesn't think the Bayern squad is at the level of the city or a level to challenge for the Champions League. And yes, I know we have deficiencies in the squad, but this is a world-class team made of world-class players, which frankly, uh, the right coach, like even Nagelsmann, could win the Champions League with the squad with no questions. So I find it quite damning that Tuchel kind of is trying to make excuses for himself almost, trying to paint the squad out as not quite top level when it so clearly is. And it's even more damning when he doesn't really use the best tools at his disposal. Like we've already talked about Thomas Muller, no need to bring him up again. But what about Matty Tell? What about Nusser Matraoui? What about Joseph Stanisic? These guys have not been getting chances. You just keep seeing Cancelo over and over and over again. And Cancelo is a good player, I understand. But it feels like Tuchel is, for some reason, absolutely in love with him when it doesn't really make any sense to have him play all these minutes in favor of someone, for example, like Alfonso Davies, who, I get, he had a tough time against Bernardo Silva, against Manchester City. But I don't see how that should mean that someone like Davies should be left out of starting 11 so often. Now we're in a situation where Davies can't be used for the rest of the season. So we're going to see more of Cancelo on the left. And okay, fine. But it just feels like Tuchel in terms of just what he has at the disposal. He has some kind of like, it's kind of just like 
I can't describe it, but it just feels like he has an external person's view of Bayern Munich in terms of what players are good and what players he doesn't rate. Like he think he plays Cancelo because he came from the Premier League and he's a player that he's familiar with. Therefore, he has to be good. Whereas in comparison, someone like Alfonso Davies, who's been playing in the Bundesliga, someone who Tuchel doesn't know all that well. He doesn't get as much chances. Someone like Matsrawi doesn't get that many chances because Tuchel has not had the time to actually see what he's capable of. Whereas Bayern Munich fans, we know that Matsrawi is was one of our best players in the Hinrunda and could have really helped us. The questions just keep mounting. And the, and the thing you mentioned about him talking and really downplaying this Bayern squad, it really does feel like he's still in charge of Borussia Dortmund or something. Like he's almost saying that we had no chance of really competing. Whereas before the game, or at least when we drew Man City itself, and when Nagelsmann was still in charge, I think a lot of people would have said that we had a pretty decent shot at beating them. Like, at least... Uh, I thought we were favorites with Nagelsmann, like, due to Nagelsmann's yeah, play style. And the fact that we could go so quickly from... Well, may, we're close to favorites, or it's very even, very even tie, even with many sets of fans or many sets of opinions. But to go from that to a 3 0 defeat and then a 1 1 draw, which we never really looked like getting back into the game, it's just indicative of how far the team has fallen under Tuchel in just a matter of three to four weeks. Do you think that? Signings will fix this, like getting Tuchel the guys he wants. Because to be fair to Tuchel, he's had to play a lot of these games without a striker. And when he's had a striker, it wasn't a Robert Lewandowski. It was true promoting. That's true. I think that we'll see next season. But Tuchel is notorious for for still loading his team with defenders, as we saw at Chelsea. Even at PSG, yes, he got good results with them. But he had Neymar and and Mbappe up front, so they could sort out the offensive um, offensive skills of his system. I think I, I worry about how we're still going to score goals, regardless of if we get uh, a Kolo Muani or Osimhen up front. I think that I worry about the the offensive identity still at the at this point, and I also worry about. I still think, as I'm sure you do, that Thomas Muller. Um, has a great potential to play a big role in the team, even in key Champions League matches. But even though we've heard Thomas Tuchel talk about how much he loves Thomas Muller, his actions have not been uh, truly showing that. So I worry about um, his ability to make use of Thomas Muller next season also. I'm just very worried about yeah, Tuchel exactly, in general. Because think about it, like whenever a coach shows that he doesn't have a clue about using Thomas Muller, that's always the number one sign that they're not going to work out, right? Like, it happened with Nagelsmann, it happened with Kovac, Ancelotti. Whereas Flick, literally day one, he was asked, what are you going to do to fix the squad? And he said, I'm going to put Thomas Muller and Javi Martinez back in the lineup. Right, and it worked. Right. I don't know why coaches think this way, that they can go without one of the keys to buying Munich success. And especially Thomas Tuchel, I'm quite disappointed with him because I did not necessarily expect this from him, especially after the first game against Borussia Dortmund, which was, in my opinion, a success in terms of just going back to the basics. I think that he's not, he shouldn't be the guy in charge of next season. And if he is, I don't think the board should oblige him with any special signings. Like if he asks for a striker, still get a striker because Bayern Munich needs a striker. But don't do what you did with Nagelsmann where they got him guys like Zabitzer and they got him guys like, um, what was it? Cancelo and 
these kinds of signings. Don't do that. You know, instead, do you do the signings like the signings that worked out for us in recent years were the buy-in signings, the guys that we absolutely needed, like Matthias Delict. He would have worked out regardless of who the coach is. Same goes for someone like Masrawi. Masrawi would have played well under Flick or under Nagelsmann, and he should be playing under Tuchel. So Bayern should make signings that fit the squad and not the coach, and and especially not Thomas Tuchel himself. Yeah, no, completely agree, because uh, we all know Tuchel is gone in 18 months, or he's not yep. going to be passed like, midway through the season after next season. Regardless, it makes no sense signing uh, players for him. But one thing I would like to talk about, actually, is whether we think Tuchel will get sacked. Say Bayern do lose the league. Say Bayern do lose a couple games now between the end of the league and lose the game by even three, four or five points. Do we really think Tuchel is being sacked? Because I personally don't think it's going to happen. I think that regardless, even if Bayern had such a terrible run um, until the end of the league season, we lose to Dortmund. I still can't see him being sacked. I can't, even though this current board is volatile at best, I still can't can't see that happening, however much it should. But also, the conspiracy theory that Nagelsmann is still on the contract. Mm, I was going to mention that. Say, say mention the current is sacked, Nagelsmann's still on contract with Bayern. Is there a slight a 2% chance that he comes back and takes over the club going into the next season? Well, it's like, it's almost a bad joke at this point because you can then, you can see a scenario where um, the board gets sacked. The new board comes in. They decide to sack Tuchel, bring back Nagelsmann, and then Nagelsmann <laughs> gets sacked. And then Tuchel is brought back because we're going to have to pay Tuchel anyway, right? So we just keep changing between Tuchel and Nagelsmann every few months and maybe hope that the new manager bounce helps us win the treble and then they can share their trophy. But, like, it's almost... A comedy at this point because like the number of scenarios that you can and the fact that this is actually plausible like this is actually something that we could do and the fact that Nagelsmann could still come back is it just shows the level of chaos that we are currently in and we may still win the Bundesliga honestly but like unless the performance is improved and this is just back to what we see on the pitch from the coach because in the end if the performances don't improve I have a feeling that the squad itself the players themselves are going to turn on the coach they're going to turn mm. on him and if he loses the dressing room in the first season itself nothing is going to fix that you know i don't think the board no matter who they are even if it's khan heiner brazil somehow survive this i don't think they'll be able to ignore the wheel of the squad we're already seeing so much discontent matraui literally going to the media after man city and saying that he has no idea why he's not being played and on top of that, the fact that most of players did seem to like Nagelsmann a lot. If it's, there is a genuine chance that Thomas Tuchel could lose the dressing room in record time, which would leave no choice but for him to be sacked. Yeah, no, I do think that's the case. And it's an interesting point also about Nagelsmann, because the previous coaches who have been sacked, Kovac or Carlo Angelotti, for example, they've lost the dressing room, but Nagelsmann still had key supporters and the players actually liked him. It seemed that at least someone like Kimmich or um, Kimmich, Gretzka, Muller, those type of players were still backing the coach. But as we've seen in previous times, Tuchel does lose the dressing room 
quickly. And we've also seen that this Bayern dressing room, once you lose them, as you said, then you are basically done as a manager. And it is a very easily dressing room to lose. There are so many egos. There are so many players with immense power in the dressing room that when they aren't played or when new signings like Masrawi aren't played, that already feeds into the dressing room unrest. And we've only been here for seven games on the two club. I bet lots of players, Muller, Masrawi, um, Stanisic, whatever, are already feeling upset over their even Sadio Mane, for example, already feeling upset over their treatment under Tuchel. So yes, I think it's a it's a big chance the dressing room implodes, and that I don't think that even if we do have a mutiny this season, I still just can't see him getting sacked this season. But early in the start of next season, October, November, I can hundred percent see it happening. Yeah, and that's basically finds annual October crisis, which we have every single year. It's it's a thing that I do kind of dread. But on the other hand, it is, in my opinion, an opportunity because, well, if Tuchel gets sacked, right, we can again go back into the manager pool and see if we can get it right next time, right? So what do you say about, for example, Xabi Alonso? Or, I don't know, who who else is available? Zinedine yeah, Zidane, I think he wouldn't, he wouldn't be too shabby. But yes. um, we might we might need someone with more experience. Honestly, there aren't many top coaches in that manager pool who would be good for us. So I'm just I'm kind of utter, could, I'm kind of at a loss because we could try as, and as buy out players. Ten Hag's contract yeah. and Man United. Ten Hag but is Ten Hag, a, he's a buying fan. Yeah, to, he has. To he has that type of thing. Like the only real what coaches. About I would say our clear like improvements club have yeah. Hansi Flick. That's probably the three. How about we work out a deal with the DFB? We send them Tuchel, they send us back Hansi. Honestly, I take that in a heartbeat. Uh, yeah, I, I would do. I would see Hansi Flick is not good for Germany or whatever. Yeah, but I think that he was, he, is, he, he was, was the Messiah. He was, he was God. Guy. He was that guy, yes. right? Yeah. So he was that guy. He was that guy. Yeah. So I think. We have talked this topic to death right now, at least in terms of what we can say this week. I think that the next few weeks are going to be critical for Tuchel. And I think it's really telling about the state of the season that this is one of the worst Borussia Dortmunds that I've ever seen. Like Terzic, Terzic's Dortmund do, do not play good football on any kind of consistent basis, but they're ahead of us in the table. They could still slip up. And we have some pretty relatively easy fixtures coming up until RB Leipzig, which is the penultimate game. So there is a chance that Tuchel could still win the league and then we can go out with a trophy and maybe he can win back the players and etc. etc. And they're going to get a decent break this week. No more midweek games, no more of that. So there is a chance that things will get better from here. But from where I'm sitting, I feel that things are only going to get worse. Yeah, no, that's fair to say. And yeah, yeah Terzic's Dortmund are not very good, but... Honestly, this current Bayern is even worse. And actually, let's yeah. predict if Bayern are going to win the league. I'm going to say that, that they're not. I Me think too. that Dortmund will win the league this year. I, I give it, like, I give Dortmund, and this is Dortmund, so, like, they are one of the biggest bottlers in Europe, but I give Dortmund a 60% chance to win the league, which is pretty high by their, their standards. And that is damning for Borussia yeah. Bottlemen. Yeah, have exactly. Such a exactly. probability, because it, it's just an indication, and... We, it's also this like the schedule that they have a much harder schedule than us. But even yeah. with all these factors, I know they have a, I guess, is it two point lead? One point right now. One point lead. So, and we have better goal difference. So it's a very minimal lead. Um, so 
all the factors would be pointing towards Bayern are still, even I would say, um, quite heavy favorites usually. Say we had a competent coach or a competent system in charge, but with the current Bayern team, and even though it is Dortmund, this is a Dortmund, by the way, who threw away two goal leads just last week. They don't want to win the two league title, men. but it appears that, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it appears that Bayern just are so shambolic, so, so bad. Um, so much worse than they've really ever been in my time watching watching Bayern and supporting Bayern that I just feel like we won't win the league. We, we may, but I don't think we will. Yeah, the momentum is really just against us, you know, and when momentum is against you, it's hard to fight back. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's pretty much going to be our conclusion today. So we want the port set. We, want, we don't have any faith in Tuchel and we want new signings. So that's pretty much... Um, all we have to say today, this was Fergus and I Need No Name on the Bavarian Podcast Works show. Thank you for listening. You can find us on any podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever. You can find us on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. Remember to check out our blog where we have coverage of all news and analysis of Bayern Munich, like literally all day, every day throughout the week. And well, that's pretty much it. So good night.